Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome in to the Inside Carolina podcast. This is the Scoop podcast, UNC's premier football recruiting podcast. It's a very, very special edition. We are joined by Don Callahan of Inside Carolina and Brian Doan of 24-7 Sports. What's going on, guys? Doing well. I'm, I'm taking it that Don's the special occasion here that he's on. <laughs> There's a multiple special occasions here. Uh, Brian, quickly, what is your title and, and what area do you cover for you for 24-7 Sports? Yeah, National Recruiting Analyst, and I have Virginia up through New England, out through Pittsburgh and West Virginia. Awesome. And that segues nicely into why we are presenting the special edition of the podcast presented to you by Giant T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com. Tony Grimes is a Tar Heel committed to UNC on Tuesday, and this is why we're bringing this podcast right now. Tony Grimes, the number seven player in the 2021 class, number one cornerback in the nation. Let me repeat that. The number one corner in the nation commits to the Tar Heels on Tuesday. It's a massive, massive get for the Tar Heels. He's the number 17 commitment and brings UNC's class um, ahead of Tennessee, to number three in the nation, right behind Ohio State and Clemson. Let's go right into it. Don, what does this mean? Go first, you know, let's go into the recruitment of Tony Grimes, and we'll get into what it means for UNC, who recruited him, the impact overall for the program. We'll dive right into it right now. Don, let's go into his recruitment and kind of the moment today of him committing to the Tar Heels. So his, I guess his actual recruitment with North Carolina began in earnest last July. I mean, UNC offered him well before that, but once he made it to campus last July for the Carolina barbecue, that kind of marked the, the moment that North Carolina became a player in this recruitment. He returned again in, uh, I think it was October, sometime during the football season for a game. And then things got really interesting during the offseason when he started to name favorite schools lists and UNC continued to make each cut um, towards the end of that, uh, you know, the rumors started to kind of come out that, that UNC was, was a strong player in this. And then, uh, you know, really, I think the cat was kind of out of the bag a, a week before this announcement where a lot of people started to kind of feel like, okay, North Carolina's the selection. And, and that's what happened on Tuesday. Brian, your thoughts on recruitment. Of course, you have a more of a national perspective, a more regional perspective. What did you see from, from Tony Grimes' recruitment to the Tar Heels and kind of how the it, ebbs and flows of it, including other schools and how that went? Yeah, this, this was a very different recruitment than a lot of you, the ones you see. A lot of times, you know, and Don knows this, we talk about it probably too much, but you'll see a kid who, okay, yeah, he's going to wind up at school X and he'll go visit a bunch of schools and still wind up at school X. Well, with Tony Grimes, you know, he went to visit uh, Texas A&M early in his recruitment, you know, during his, the spring of his sophomore year, loved it there, really connected well with the staff, and everybody had the thought, okay, this kid may actually leave Virginia Beach and go to Texas A&M. And A&M had some momentum for a while, and then he visits Georgia in January, and, and, and talking to Tony's dad, Deion Glover, a lot, um, Georgia was always there, but he never got to campus and never really understood what Georgia was all about. All of a sudden he makes a visit in January and wait a minute now, he may wind up at Georgia. Now Texas A&M is playing from behind. And throughout this whole portion of his recruitment, 
North Carolina is hanging around, hanging around. And, and Don mentioned, you know, the barbecue and everything. And I'm guessing they use the Carolina-style barbecue, which I'm guessing Grimes liked because he wound up there. But anyway, you know, they, Dre Bly continues to chip away, chip away. And Georgia starts fading a little bit. And North Carolina really picks up momentum. And it's not because of the way Grimes fits in the defense. It has a little bit to do with the fact that it's close to home and his parents can go see him play. But the real big part of it is Trey Bly, who is from the 757. So there's an immediate trust there. I mean, he was a stud at North Carolina, played great in the NFL as a DB. So Tony Grimes is like, well, wait a minute. The dude balled at Carolina, balled in the NFL, plays in the secondary like I do, is from where I'm from. Well, this makes a lot of sense. And that relationship just continued to build and build and build. And that's where we wind up today, you know, as far as it relates to Tony Grimes. And then, you know, we can also talk about what it means for the 757 and North Carolina's recruiting efforts there. Um, you know, it, it's it's basically a 180 from where things were, if you remember back to the Jason Lewis days. And now all of a sudden, North Carolina, again, is really respected. They love them in the 757. And, and so I think not only is the recruitment and the commitment great for Grimes, it goes further in what it can mean for the area because very few people, if any, are more connected to the recruiting scene in the 757 than Deion Glover. Jason Lewis, what a blast from the past, that name. You have to be a pretty diehard a recruiting follower to uh, remember that name. But uh, I wanted to emphasize one of the points Brian brought up is the fact that this recruitment really wasn't like your traditional where there was one team that you felt like, okay, that's going to be the school eventually. He's going to make all these other visits, but that's going to be the school. He, at one point, people thought he was going to Clemson. People thought he was going to Penn State. You mentioned Georgia. You mentioned Texas A&M. And it kind of seemed like for a while there being – the leader was kind of kiss of death because it was only a matter of time before something happened where that school just completely just fell out. Uh, but with North Carolina, they just, it was survive in advance. And we'll get into more about Dre Bly, but that was the main reason why it was survive in advance for North Carolina. Don, you're allowed to use the survive in advance thing with North <laughs> Carolina? I am, I guess so. <laughs> of course, Tony, Tony Grimes, a six foot, 180 pound cornerback from Virginia Beach, Virginia goes to Princess Anne High School. He commits to UNC, the number seven overall player, number one quarterback, cornerback in the nation. So with um, with all these schools, I mean, how did the coronavirus and the COVID-19 impact this recruitment? Because obviously he didn't get to make as many visits in the spring or in the summer. So he was relying on past visits to make his decision. Don, can you go into that briefly? And then we'll add Brian's takes on that. Yeah, I think it kind of simplified things for him because he has been recruited since he was in the eighth grade. So he's made a gazillion visits. He, he visited most of the main schools. I mean, I'm, I know that there were some other visits he wanted to take and there were some revisits he wanted to make and all that. But for the most part, he had all the, um, the information that he needed to make a decision. And if he would have taken more visits, I really think it would have just clouded his process but the fact that he was able to kind of sit back he took some breaks where he didn't talk to some recruiters uh, for about a week or so I think all that stuff sort of helped him a little bit and he kind of realized there's not there's not much more I can learn about all these schools and of course he he picked UNC over Texas A&M Georgia and Ohio State were his finalists right Brian yes yeah I mean and just to follow what Don said with 
not being able to make visits, I, I think it changed his recruitment dramatically, especially from a timeline standpoint. If you remember, he was supposed to decide December 1st. He was set on December 1st, and the idea was make official visits. He was going to take them, make sure he got out to some games, and all of a sudden that can't happen. And guys are looking to really solidify their classes earlier. And I think one thing you really notice with recruiting especially early on when the visit shutdown took place, but it still holds true as we move forward. Maybe not as much, but, but it still does. Guys are going closer to home and because that's what they're familiar with. And I know schools are using it, at least for the local kids, and I consider Grimes local because of the distance on this one, saying, hey, listen, if anything happens, look how quick your parents can get here and really, you know, if you need anything, they're here. You're far enough away to where you get some distance. But, yeah, I, I think not making visits in the spring helped North Carolina because Dre Bly showed his ability to recruit via Zoom, text, DM, whatever you want to call it, skywriting, whatever he used. And so for me, I think it really helped North Carolina a ton because – I kept hearing with Georgia, well, if he gets back to campus, that could be a really good thing for Georgia. And that's why it took me so long to move my crystal ball to North Carolina, despite hearing a lot of things. And then eventually when you say, okay, there's no visits that are going to take place, local and familiarity, that's a tough combination to beat for other schools. I'm actually curious to get your take, Brian, on something. As you know, I talked to Dion Glover a lot during this. He was, he was actually great. One of the better parents to deal with with his accessibility and his insight and everything but uh when I talked to him he always kind of mentioned that he felt like other recruits would would look more more locally because of the coronavirus and what's going on but every time I said to him well what about Tony and of course he go, oh no 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 schools like Texas A&M are still involved what was your experiences talking to you know Grimes or Glover as far as just the coronavirus and, and and possibly playing closer just because of situations like that that could arise? You know, I I think it had a small impact just not being able to visit a lot of places, but I think the bigger impact was this. Obviously, Dion is really involved in Tony's life and wants to watch him play. Coaches a princess and you know works him out all the time. I mean, just a really um, active parent in a good way. I, I, I always found that with Dion. And so, and then, you know, with, with Tony's mom, what, what do you, all of a sudden you can go to North Carolina where you can drive every weekend to see him play. And it's kind of, you know, you can decide Saturday morning, Oh, look, it's going to be really nice. We're going to go watch him. And, and you know, that four inches of rain isn't coming through whatever have you. And you don't have to plan as much Ohio state, long drive uh, you, or a flight, Texas A&M, a flight, Georgia, a, a bit longer of a drive. And I think all that stuff really started coming into the equation when it was time to make a decision. But at the end of the day, if Dre Bly isn't at North Carolina, neither is Tony Grimes. We're going to get into that a lot here. I was doing some Google mapping here. And, you know, University of Virginia is closer than UNC to, to Princess Anne. And I think Blacksburg is probably a little farther so you know chapel hill is kind of that you know it's, it's just as close um as virginia tech but not some other schools but that's kind of the geography of, of virginia beach to chapel hill is i think something not many people know about and how close it is to uh keen stadium we're going to take a quick break now and talk about johnny t-shirt and johnny t-shirt.com there are our loyal podcast subscribers here at ic make sure you go 
on Franklin Street and on GiantTeacher.com to get all your UNC apparel needs. You can use the 10% off discount code on the Inside Carolina Premium Message Boards to get 10% off everything you need. Football games, basketball games are coming up. Make sure you head to Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com to get everything you need for Tar Heel fans and your family, friends. Just make it happen. Support them. That supports us, helps us provide all these great podcasts to you. Remember, wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to Inside Carolina Podcast. Five-star only. Tell us how great Don is, how great the other podcasts are, Coast to Coast. Um, the Throwback, the Vipolis podcast, On the Beat, The Scoop. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe, and support Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. All right, boys, we are back with Don Callahan, a.k.a. Donnie Scoops. He kept us in a loop on Tony Grimes. It seems like for almost six months now there was an update, whether it was on the podcast or in the scoop about Tony Grimes. And, of course, Brian Doan, uh, a analyst for 24-7 Sports in kind of the New Jersey, Virginia, Maryland area. Any recruits coming out of Delaware these days, uh, Brian? Actually, there's a quarterback there, Braden Davis, who is a 2022 really good, you know, really good prospect, four-star kid. And there's a defensive end kind of edge rusher, Micah Wing, who's also a 2022. So surprisingly, yeah. And yeah, and what people don't really know about Delaware is, you know, a lot of those kids wind up playing at one of the Maryland Catholic schools, you know, including a kid like Marshawn Lloyd, who's at South Carolina, who's a Delaware kid. There you go. Who would have thought we would have got Delaware recruiting news on this podcast? All right, listen to the scoop. This is the Tony Grimes pod. Okay, so we've talked about his recruitment and the ebbs and flows and the impact of, you know, the coronavirus and his dad and the role of, of Dre Bly. You know, why was it UNC? I mean, you mentioned Dre Bly, but is there anything else that stood out when it comes to the school, the staff, the momentum of UNC? Is there any takes on that? We'll start with Don and then go to Brian. I, I really think, Bly, as Brian alluded to earlier, was just such a huge impact. I mean, obviously the location, the proximity to his family played a role, but I think that they were willing to go a little bit further away. Uh, you know, I know that Jay Bateman's defense, Jay Bateman as a, as a defensive coordinator and play caller, made a big impact on Grimes' dad. Um, Dion Glover. Glover mentioned that a couple different times to me, yeah. particularly about the the game against Clemson and just how well that the game plan was put together by um, Jay Bateman. And then, you know, there's been mentions of Mac Brown also, um, but really this came down to Glover being really um, impressed by Jay Bateman's defense and him as a, a coordinator and just 
how Dre Bly recruited not only Tony, but also Tony's dad and Tony's mom. Yeah, and obviously with, with Dre Bly, I watched that video, and he mentioned Jay Baton's defense and how impressed he was in year one without the necessary pieces, how they could they held Clemson to 21 points, almost won that game with how creative he was. And, you know, he's a very versatile and creative defensive coordinator that can use players in a lot of different ways. You saw Dre Bly working with Stefan Gilmore. He knows how to get to the league. He's um, obviously trying to groom players to get to the league, so that was a big impact as well. Brian, anything else to add on, on just why UNC made more from a football perspective or momentum? Obviously going 7-6, and six, but having a top five recruiting class on top of a number 19 podcast, a uh, number 19 uh, recruiting class definitely helped the Tar Heels. Yeah, we got to do better than that 19 podcast. Hopefully this helps. <laughs> That's <that>. right. Number <laughs> but, one podcast. But, yeah. but I, I look at it as, you know – that's what Mac Brown does. He knows how to recruit. And so seven and six, yeah, whatever. I mean, it's year two for him. So the record really shouldn't factor in that heavily, if at all. It's more about relationships. And you hear this in recruiting all the time. Um, and when you're dealing with North Carolina landing a kid like Grimes, it goes to the relationships. And I talked to Tony probably too much for his liking in the last, you know, <laughs> 18 months or whatever. But, you know, when I let's just put it this way. When I saw Tony early in the process, before Mac Brown was at North Carolina, I don't really remember him talking about North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until, and that was early in the process, but still, you would figure North Carolina would be on somebody of that talent level. This is a kid that was on the radar beginning during his freshman year. And so what changed? Well, Mac Brown's a great recruiter, hired a great staff, and a staff that knows how to recruit. And I don't care what you say, Dre Bly with playing the same position, being from the same area, and being a guy who connects with kids. And what I kept hearing is we can talk all you want about fit in a defense, and we can sit here and debate and argue about who has the best defense, who develops them the most, all that stuff. Great. If you can play, you can play. But what always separated Dre Bly with North Carolina from everybody else was Dre would talk about things outside of football that wasn't always, here's what we're going to do with you in the defense. Here's how you're going to fit here. This is what we can do with coverages. It was about, hey, how are you today? What's it like, you know, having all this pressure? Or, or what do you like to do outside of football? Which with Grimes, there's not a lot. He just lives and breathes it. But yeah. that's the stuff that matters. And Dre Bly was able to establish the best relationship outside of football. And that's why they got him. I agree 100%. And I think that the difference between North Carolina and other schools was just Dre Bly knew exactly how to recruit Tony Grimes. He knew because there is a fine line between harassment and showing love. Um, and it's and it's a difficult. Don knows that. Don I knows was going to say, man. Well. <laughs> oh, jeez, Don. That's a. I, I, that I one should up. live forever. <laughs> I walked right into that one. I but, hope the cops um, aren't listening. <laughs> but uh dre knew exactly how to walk that line with tony grimes because obviously this is a kid who's being recruited nationwide and even even though he might have it narrowed down to a handful of schools there was there were schools outside of that group who continued to recruit him so he had to do that balancing act and he definitely there were times where he definitely was um burdened by it but i think that bly understood his mindset tony grimes's mindset on you know, having the, the focus to get to the next level, to do everything on a daily basis to get to the next level. 
And then he also knew how to speak to Grimes' parents because he's from that area. I mean, you know how it is. I mean, you, you, you talk differently to somebody who lives in the city as opposed to somebody who lives in the country. And there's certain family members you know what you could talk to them about, what you can't talk to them about, what time you can call them. My grandfather, you can't call him during a Phillies game. My dad, do not call him during dinner. You know, Bly knew those little nuances when it came to Tony Grimes and his parents, knew what they wanted to talk about, what they valued, what was going on in their everyday life because he lives, not only did he grow up in the area, most of his family still lives in the area. His mom lives in the area and she bikes daily. His sister is a uh, high school teacher in that area. So he's so well connected. He knew what was going on and he was able to use that, those things to help him recruit Tony Grimes to uh, the best of his ability. There's two times you can't call Don. It's during dessert, which is three <laughs> times a day. And it's during his uh, nightly bubble bath. <laughs> hey, do you um, think during that bubble bath, you know he has like one of those gritty stuffed animals that he's in there with? Yeah, it's like a rubber I, gritty, rubber, rubber ducky, rubber gritty. <laughs> Yeah. All right, we got to move on. Um, yeah, so you mentioned Mac Brown, uh, Brian, and you, you're looking at UNC's class now with 17 commitments, number three in the nation. You know, I don't think they get Drake May without Mac Brown and the coaching staff and Phil Longo. I don't know if they're in the recruitments of in-state players like Keyshawn Silver and uh, Rod Rod Dilworth and Javari Ritty, those elite, you know, top 200, top 100 type players without this resurgence with recruiting from Mac Brown, you know, maybe they get guys like Gabe Stevens or power Eccles, who knows, but there's a, look, you go down the list of in-state players and you, and the, and certainly the flips of guys like Jared Wilson and, um, and Drake may, and you just don't think that the previous uh, previous coaching staff would have been able to recruit this caliber player. Cause you know, Larry Fedora and that staff was recruiting kind of in the top 30 range, you know, around that 25, 30 range. But, UNC is now recruiting the top 10 range in terms of where they're going to end up. And that's uh, due to the level that Mac Brown can recruit and what they have rolling with the momentum and stuff. So I think that's uh, important to note. Okay. We're getting to the analysis of Tony Grimes. As I said, he's six foot 180. I've heard he's got massively long arms. Um, so we'll go to Brian, Brian here first. Let's get your analysis on Grimes as a player, what he brings to the cornerback position, his, uh, you know, what, what mentality he brings on defense and all that good stuff. Then we'll go to Don. Yeah, and I think, Ross, it's really important that you do mention his length because we'll talk about six feet and that's that's big, but but he's a lot longer than that, which is, you know, great for down the field. But so I, I've seen Tony, like I said, I started seeing him during his freshman year and, and I've seen him through various points throughout, including I was at Future 50 uh, at the turn of the year down in Florida. And then I was in Virginia Beach in early March, right before the shutdown happened. And I was able to watch him compete there as well. Um, first of all, technically, he's really good. Quick feet. Um, I think what really stands out the most though is his desire to compete and get better because he always wants to work and he'll always show up and try to put in effort. He can press you at the line of scrimmage. He's got great hips. They're really loose. He'll turn and run with you. He has the strength. He has ball skills. He'll, he'll come up and hit you in the running game. He can get off blocks. You know, he's not going to let the guy get to the edge. To me, he's a guy that you can just leave out on an Island and roll the safety to the other side of the field and, and, just let Grimes go one-on-one. And and that doesn't mean he's going to win every rep, but you you have that trust. He's already strong enough. And I think this is something that really gets underrated when you're talking about a kid of of Grimes' quality. 
as a player and as a person is he is a really smart kid and he works really hard not only in his training but in the classroom and I, in the film room and everything. I mean, this is a kid that could graduate after three years of high school if he wanted to. You know, he, he's the plan right now is to enroll in January. There was some idea that maybe he would enroll in the fall and talking to his dad, I don't think that's going to happen. But I, I think that tells you, A, he's really intelligent, B, he's disciplined, and C, his work ethic is off the charts. And so that's a really good starting point to where you then take the athleticism, the length, the ball skills, the instinct, and all that other stuff. And like I said, he's strong enough where he can now jam you at the line of scrimmage. He's not going to have to sit there in their weight room. And look, there's a, there's a reason why he's a five-star prospect. You don't have that many things to work on when you're a five-star prospect. And let me add this. I got a little note here from a source. Probably scooped yeah. down on this one as usual. Um, Tony Grimes' length of his, his wingspan is um, – it fits the measurables for an NFL offensive tackle. Wow. Yeah. Two we, inches. Well, and, and, you know, you look at jump balls, makeup speed, and, and all that other stuff. There's so many things that it goes into that, yeah, I mean, I'm surprised at that, but also I'm not really that surprised because I know how long he is. Two inches longer than most NFL DBs measure up in terms of wingspan. Don, your take on, um, on Tony Grimes as a player, football player, cornerback, see if you can uh, kind of up Brian in that analysis. Well, I won't be able to up Brian, but I do need to mention that not only do evaluators value length, but so does Ross Martin. So he's going to be one of your favorite UNC players, I, I assume. But uh, Brian, Brian pretty much covered all of, uh, all of Tony Grimes. I'll just kind of just emphasize a couple of points that he brought up. You know, when I went down there to or up there to Virginia Beach, to spend you know an afternoon watching uh, one of the the area practices you know Tony didn't participate in that in that practice he had actually work but he came by midway through and him and I kind of watched the practice together and I mentioned this in the weekly scoop but I it was like standing there with a with a coach where he was basically kind of I don't want to say picking apart but he was pointing out little things little things that that during each rep that the player who was going through the rep should do differently. He's, you know, Tony is just, as Brian mentioned, just so smart when it comes to the game with the fundamentals and what you're supposed to do. And he looks at it, the game like a coach and, and what you're supposed to do. And I think that's so important, especially coming into or making the transition from, from high school to, to college. The other thing that, that I think is really important. And I think what, what separates the booms from the busts are a lot of these guys, a lot of these four-star, five-star guys have tons of talent. And the reason why they don't live up to the expected potential is they don't have the work ethic. Once they get to, to college, they, they realize, man, this is, this is difficult. And everybody that's on the roster is just as good as I am, just as talented. And, you, and in order to survive, you have to work hard. Well, Tony has that. I mean, you're talking about a kid who, as Brian mentioned, unbelievable in, in the classroom to the point where he had a lot of a lot of um, uh, classes off, you know, um, or periods in the, class, in the school day off, and which allowed him to do extra training, go to yoga class, do um, work with a specialist on, on whatever it may be. And so this is a kid who really just kind of lives and breathes football, as Brian mentioned, and, you know, really kind of did it to the fullest of his ability. Awesome. Awesome. Good stuff there on Tony Grimes commits to the Tar Heels on Tuesday becomes the number 17 commitment for this class and moves to UNC number three in the rankings. Okay, so let's go to what this means for UNC 
we've mentioned some stuff with momentum and recruiting and stuff, but obviously UNC's recruiting at a, at a super elite level right now helps. They've had a loaded in-state crop of prospects. So what does this mean for UNC and this 2021 class? We'll start with Brian. Yeah, I, I mean, I just think you have to look at it beyond 2021. But for 2021, one thing that Grimes likes is, look, everybody has an ego. You know, even Don may have one. Who knows? But, you know, so he wants to be part of something special and he wants to be a cornerstone. And I, I don't know. I'm, I don't listen to every Inside Carolina podcast, but I'm not oh, sure how many. You, I know. I know. I mean, I just have Ross email me the notes. But, um, <laughs> but, but one thing I do know is – I don't think you're doing a podcast devoted solely to a recruit very often when it comes to football. And so he is a guy who is from an area that produces kids from an area that not only produce kids, but NFL kids, you know, kids that go play in the NFL. Um, And he's a cornerstone guy of a class who you can, he can now go out and say to people, Hey, come join me. He can recruit and he can recruit hard. And then, the, you know, and you see that, and I know we'll probably talk about George Wilson, the defensive end from Virginia Beach, who all of a sudden North Carolina is in on and, and in really good shape with. But it's beyond 2021. Like I mentioned earlier, Dion Glover, the assistant at Princess Anne, Tony's dad, is really well connected. I'll, be, I'll call Dion and be like, hey, I need to find out something about this kid. Can you help me? And within about three or four seconds, he's got the information to help me. He knows everybody. He's well-respected down there. And I mean, I'm not saying he's going to steer kids toward North Carolina because Dion wouldn't do that, but it just tells you that the connections that they have there and, and it's going to help in, in some regards. So this is a beyond, I mean, look, it's great. He's going to do great at North Carolina. We know all that stuff. If we didn't think that, we wouldn't have him ranked so high. But I think it goes beyond that. And mm-hmm. Tony's a kid that is really relaxed in speaking to people. And he's been through a lot, so he can share those stories with other recruits. Um, I, I just think that the ancillary impact is is huge also. You know what that word means, Don? Uh, I'm going to have to get out my dictionary. Yeah, and that's, that's exactly why I asked this question. I mean, you answered it perfectly, I thought. I mean, I think Sam Howe was the most important recruit I mean, if you yes. look, if you, if you look back, it's going to be like Sam Howe got it going, and that really helped UNC in terms of momentum with that first season, and then obviously the next couple of years of, of UNC football. But you know, Tony Grimes might be that second guy, a five-star guy, a top recruit from a really you know uh, fertile area that's close to UNC, and if he has success at UNC, goes on the NFL, you'll look back and you could see more five stars commit, more four stars, more elite players, and you point to Tony Grimes being that one player who you know, made it cool, made it okay to go to UNC and, and used it as a stepping stone to get to the NFL. And you can, obviously, you can land more elite recruits and you have players prove it uh, in Chapel Hill. Don, your take on what this means for UNC, momentum recruiting in the 2021 class. I'm going to take it a different direction because I think Brian did a really good job. We've talked about a little bit how, uh, I guess, record-breaking this in-state group was for the 2021 class and then we've also talked about how it's going to be a significant drop with the in-state group for the 22 class which means that for next year North Carolina is really going to if they want to have a class anywhere in line with this current class they're going to have to really do a good job out out of state and to land an out-of-state five-star it kind of is a little bit of a preview of what's possible. I mean, obviously North Carolina is still going to have to do a ton of work because landing one guy 
one blue chip as opposed to landing. I don't, I mean, I don't know how many they're going to have to land out of state next class, but it's going to be a lot um, mm-hmm. is another thing, but it just shows that, th- that the potential is there for North Carolina to compensate for the lack of in-state talent for the next class. Yeah. And you know all about compensating Don. So perfect wording there. Um, okay. So yeah, it's huge. I mean, this is big this, we're recording a, a special podcast for Tony Grimes and he's the number seven player in the country. Number one cornerback. Um, look at the notes here quickly. Okay, so depth chart for cornerbacks. I, I did a little research here since I'm, a, I guess, the, the beat guy here for the Tar Heels. You know, so UNC will graduate Patrice Renee after this season. So next year, you're looking at senior cornerbacks, Trey Morrison, DeAndre Hollins, Bryce Watts, who played two years at Virginia Tech. His third year will be this upcoming 2020 season. So he'll be a senior in 2021. And then Trey Shaw. The juniors in 2021 will be Storm Duck. Kyler McMichael, the Clemson transfer, and Obi Agbuna will also be a junior in 2021. So that's kind of the depth chart. UNC actually has will not enroll any freshman DBs this season because um, Jaden Chalmers is um, questionable on, on whether he becomes, you know, enrolls at UNC. So looking at that depth chart, Don, I mean, you got Trey Morrison, you know, obviously he's a stud, Bryce Watts, Kyler McMichael, Storm Duck. That's kind of going to be who, who I think um, – Tony Grimes competing with, where do you kind of see him fitting in? Cause you can't, I don't see him sitting on the bench, you know? I want, I want to correct you for a second. You said DB and you, I think you meant cornerback because yes. uh, North Carolina no. is bringing it in, in uh, Jaquiris Connolly is coming in. He'll play safety. He's definitely not a cornerback. Yeah. Um, all those guys are listed are cornerbacks. Sorry. It's cornerback yes. depth chart stuff. Thanks. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, um, Storm Duck obviously played a lot last year. Um, and there's some other guys who played a little bit injuries kind of makes this a little bit fuzzy to kind of look at, but I, I think it's going to be very difficult to keep Tony Grimes off the field. Mm-hmm. I think he's just too talented. He's too polished. Uh, he, I hate to say this, but I mean, he might be as, um, have as much football knowledge as much, um, technique, sound technique um, and as much, um, I guess, feel for the game as, as guys who have been on a college roster for a little bit, just because you know, what we talked about earlier with just how a student of the game he is and how, how much time he, he spends on his craft. So really, I, I just think it's going to be very difficult yeah. to keep him off the field. And I could definitely see him as a guy who, who plays a bunch early on and then just slowly becomes an every down guy. Of course, yeah, and I did that more to kind of see, like, who would be the corners alongside him. You'll have Storm Duck alongside him, Trey mm-hmm. Morrison, DeAndre Hollins, um, and you get into the younger players, you know, Kyler Michael, Bryce Watts, and Obi Aguna. So, so he'll fit right in there and I think quickly become the number one corner. Brian, since you don't cover UNC, I'm, I'm going to skip you on that question. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to get into kind of close up the Tony Grimes portion of this podcast, and then we're going to talk about 2021 defensive end uh, target George Wilson, who's from the Virginia Beach area, who who both Don and Brian are definitely covering his recruitment. We'll be right back on The Scoop. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little... 
or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast and we are back wow that was quick uh all right this is tony grimes podcast the scoop brought to you by johnny t-shirt and giant t-shirt.com of course rate review and subscribe that helps us Write a nice review, write a nice uh, a rating, and subscribe so you get these podcasts in your feed right when they publish. We're publishing three to four a week, and during the season, you know, even it could be five to six a week, uh, depending on what happens. Hey, Ross, right. I, I just got to say, Johnny T-shirt just said – I know they're originally from New Jersey. They have to be because that is definitely something you either hear in North Jersey or the Jersey Shore. Hey, I need something. Yo, go to Johnny T-shirt. Yeah, I have no idea. They've been around Chapel Hill forever. I mean, they're, they're local, they're locally owned. They, when I was in school, they were there. So it's one of those very small, locally owned, like boutique uh, Carolina shop. You know, it's all Carolina blue and stuff. But yeah, I, I get your vibes there. It, it used to be the, the only store on Franklin Street that would sell Inside Carolina's magazine. But obviously, oh, we, we no longer have a magazine. But yeah. Wow. Yeah. Good stuff. And we really appreciate Don and, and Brian taking the time here for this podcast. Um, we're going to close out here. So is there anything more on, on Tony Grimes? We talked a lot about Dre Bly already. I know we're going to have a special, we were thinking about having a special segment about Dre Bly, but I think we've mentioned him enough. I mean, this was his guy and this was a huge recruitment for him because he hasn't been the lead, I think, on any commitment so far in three cycles. Now he's helped out tons with different cornerback commitments. He's helped out with Charlotte area guys. But this was his guy, Tony Grimes, from his recruiting area, Virginia Beach. Don, is that correct? And kind of how I'm phrasing that and kind of perspective yeah, on so, that? Yeah, so Obi Ekbona, is that how you pronounce it? I would say Ekbona, is that right? Ekbona, yeah. It's yeah, kind of so, your job. So. Yeah, so, uh, well, he's on the team now. I've, I've <laughs> passed him on to you. Yeah. So he was involved with that. He probably was a lead recruiter on that. Uh, Drake May... I would give Phil Longo the lead on that, but Drake May is a guy that um, that Bly was very actively involved with just because he's known um, Drake May for a very, very long time. Keyshawn Silver is technically in his area, but I think um, Bateman. So, yeah, so, I mean, to your point, I mean, I, I guess Josh Downs, but, but that's kind of a little unfair because that's his nephew. 
But yes, yeah, we know I how mean, this works. I mean, every I mean, there's three or four coaches on each player, and then eventually yeah. the whole staff comes involved. So yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's a gray area. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I don't think he was the lead, but I think it's important to mention that a lot of the Charlotte area guys he had prior relationships with with their parents and everything. So he was instrumental in that. But yeah, this was this was purely his guy, um, and um, you know. It, it's unfortunate because I think he kind of learned, you know, Drake went the, un- the unconventional route when it came to becoming an assistant coach. He wasn't a GA and all that. So he didn't really kind of learn the ropes under somebody. He basically had to learn under fire. And so he learned some things last year. And, and Brian knows with uh, Keandre Lambert, who ended up going to Penn state. I mean, there were some things that um, I think he might have done, you know, Drake might've done differently if, if given a second chance and, and, you know who knows those those uh, lessons probably helped him with with um, Tony Tony Grimes, um, but yeah, so Tony Grimes is his guy, and what a guy to have for your first major recruit that you could say was was your commitment. Anything to add, Brian? No. Okay, <laughs> let's go. Let's go right into into George Wilson, um, Tony Grimes. I think we've said enough about this guy. I mean, a uh, huge moment for UNC recruiting, and and of course this is the the second highest ranked recruit for UNC since internet recruiting kind of started right behind the notorious Marvin Austin. So Tony Grimes, a big pickup. And of course, Brian, you probably know Marvin Austin. If you've been covering recruiting long enough, cause he's from the Maryland area, right? Yeah. Yeah. The DC area. I, I was gonna say I'm too old. So let's not go there. Well, plus okay. he played, he played for the giants, which is basically in your backyard. It, it is, uh, you know, it, it's a it's a bit up to turnpike, but yes, it is my backyard. Okay. There you go. Okay, George Wilson is one of the kind of we're getting to the final crop of of UNC targets in this 2020, 2021 class. George Wilson, a six foot five, weak side defensive end, two hundred fourteen pounds from Green Run High School in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Right now, he's ranked the number three hundred thirty six. Uh, Recruit overall recruit in 24/7 Sports composite number 23 weak side defensive end at number nine player in Virginia. Brian, can you tell us what's going on right now with George Wilson's recruitment? I know he has a um, a date set for his commitment announcement. Yeah, just real quick background for those who don't know. George Wilson, he's a DN from uh, Green Ru- Green Run in Virginia Beach. Uh, did not play high school football his first two years. Concentrated on basketball, even though he did play football you know, up through the eighth grade and, and was considered, you know, talking to his coach was considered one of the really top prospects coming into high school, elected to go to the basketball, basketball route. Um, you know, he had some success. I mean, he had an offer from Hampton, decided to get back on the football field, had a good junior season. Hopefully we see him on the field for a senior season, long athletic, really still learning really raw there. Now we know who he is. Um, North Carolina, Penn State, South Carolina, Arizona State are the finalists. He's announcing July 12th. I view this as a Penn State versus North Carolina battle. Um, I, I kind of like where North Carolina sits right now. He released a top seven in early May that did not include North Carolina, and for good reason, because the Tar Heels had not offered. They offer right after that. All of a sudden, he's paying close attention to North Carolina. Um you know, again, he knows Tony Grimes, who we almost had a Grimes-free segment. He knows Deion Glover, it really well connected there. And it, there's a lot that he really likes about North Carolina. But Penn State has him as one of the top 
prospects left on their board, they are not going to go down without a huge fight for him. I know he had a Zoom call with them late last week that went really well. But, yeah, it's a North Carolina-Penn State battle. He's announcing July 12th. A lot can happen between now and then. Um, you know, we're dealing with 17, 18-year-old kids, so you figure it out. Um, but I, I really like where North Carolina sits. And, Don, correct me if I'm wrong, this kind of offer and focus came after Zaire Patterson committed to Clemson. Is that kind of what happened? Yeah, so basically for the past couple of months, really, North Carolina has had two position objectives that have remained unfilled. And one is tight end. We've talked about it a bunch. They're still trying to figure that out. The other is that rush outside linebacker position. And, yeah, um, Zaire Patterson was kind of pegged to be the guy for that, and he ended up going to Clemson. Right before that happened, just kind of as a, you know, uh, just just to be safe in case you don't land Patterson, they offered George Wilson, as Brian mentioned. It was actually a day after he came out with his his top uh, schools list. And I spoke to George, and he was like, well, you know, if, if I were to do the list over again today, North Carolina would definitely be on it. He actually made a visit last fall where it was kind of sort of implied at that time that North Carolina was going to uh, offer him during that visit. They didn't. I remember talking to him a little bit after, before and after, um, and, and he seemed really interested in UNC. And really, since North Carolina's offered, it, the fact that they, they waited a little bit to offer doesn't seem to have hurt UNC. And really, it seems like it might have been a school that he really um, r- really is super interested in. And it, this, is, this is Dre Bly's opportunity to kind of keep his momentum going in the, the 757. Yeah, and just to add on to what Don said, and, and a lot of people, and I'm glad because on the Inside Carolina board, I saw some comments after I wrote something about George Wilson. Just because they offered him right after his top seven, it's not like they're like, hey, let's go recruit this kid and offer. I mean, they had been recruiting him for a while, so the relationship was already there. So it's not, and they under, yeah. he understood why he wasn't offered yet and and some of the things that they wanted to see. So it wasn't like some oh boy, we're in trouble. We didn't get this kid. Let's go to George Wilson. They, they had been on him for a while before the offer. Well, and a lot of this too is because we're in different times right now. Whereas I'm, I'm not reporting this. I'm just, I'm just speculating right now. There were a lot of kids I know that UNC was like, all right, we're going to look at them in the spring or we're going to look at them during a summer camp. And if they check these boxes, we're going to offer them. It would not surprise me, especially for a kid who's only played one season of high school football, it wouldn't surprise me if, if UNC had some questions that they wanted to answer before they offered. And then obviously you find out you're not going to have spring, you're not going to have um, the summer camp, so we have to make a decision on this guy without those things and just kind of roll the dice and say, okay, we, we really like this kid, so let's offer him without the benefit of, of the extra evaluation. Yeah, and a lot of schools are doing that. I approach every school. And you what kids to. are doing, you know, and they're sending some workout videos to these coaches so maybe the coaches can see it. Awesome. So, George Wilson making a decision on July 12th. That's uh, about two weeks away, a little bit less than two weeks away. Brian, no crystal ball pick for you. Let's, uh, let's, let's get that going. What's happening? Yeah, there? you know what? Um, I'm really close to doing one. I'm just waiting for, you know – some information to come through. Um, I, I'm not one that likes to move crystal ball picks around. So when I make one, I, I really like to stick with that school for the, for the long haul. So we're, we're very close to making one on it. And I, I did speak with Don about that recently. 
There you go. And uh, he wants to he that... wants to get the bl- the blessing from the Don. I mean, <laughs> that's right. And hopefully, when that crystal ball pick uh, comes down, you can VIP right up right on inside Carolina, find that there. Um, awesome stuff, guys. This was great. Hopefully, our listeners got tons of information and intel and insight and, and stuff about Tony Grimes and a little some tidbits there on George Wilson, who's announcing here soon. Anything else here? Well, we got you here. Anything else, Don, Brian? We good? I'm just going to say the one thing is it's really fun to see North Carolina recruiting really hard and being with so many elite kids. Don and I have known each other now for years, and there were times where we'd be like, well, I guess that's what they're doing, or, <laughs> you know, I don't understand this, or, you know, maybe the – the charisma wasn't there with the old staff. So for me, it's fun. And I love the inside Carolina board. I think it's one of the more fun boards out there to, to have some back and forth with. So for me, I'm excited and I hope they keep recruiting my region, to be honest. Well, just to kind of piggyback on what Brian's saying, there were definitely some times a few years ago when I'm like, all right, North Carolina's <laughs> about to offer this kid. Do you have any contact information? What can you tell me about him? And Brian was like, why is North Carolina offering this kid as a, I don't, I don't ask questions. I just report on what's going on. And yeah, yeah. that happened too often, Don, to be honest. And that's why you had a coaching change. Yeah. Yeah. So There you go. Awesome guys. Yeah. All that scoop, all that message boards, all these uh, VIP interviews and everything on inside Carolina. You can subscribe to inside Carolina. Inside Carolina. There's tons of deals. We're running a, a 60% off promotion right now. And it seems like every week there's a new promotion. So make sure you're subscribing to Inside Carolina and rate and review and subscribe to this podcast. This has been The Scoop. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by T-Shirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.